Good morning. Thank you for listening. Dave and Doreen along with Marcus. This is the morning KLH, and it's time to talk to our green and gold insider, three-time Wisconsin sports writer of the year, co-host of Wilde and Tausch on ESPN Radio here in Milwaukee, our friend Jason Wilde. Good morning, Jason Wilde. How you doing? I want Baden back in here. It was 80 <laughs> degrees last week. It's 30 today. What the hell, man? That's my fault. You can I, blame me. Hey, well, how about Simone Biles? She tweeted out that she's not built for the cold yeah. weather. None of us really are. No, I don't think we are. Um, yeah, tough it out, Simone. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no offense, but come on. I know you, you, you can. It's not Houston. I get it. But uh, we got really nice, warm coats here. Mm-hmm. Some of us wear shorts when it's cold. So, you know, you got to adapt. Yeah. Well, well they we sell. You, but come on. They sell heated everything now. They do. They really, and there were some really, really good suggestions from people on X, formerly Twitter. Battery-powered heated jackets, stocking caps, electric socks from Fleet Farms, stock up on wool. Of course, everybody's suggesting old fashions because they make everything better, I guess. All right, so, (laughs) Jason, we're looking for a goody whisperer. I don't know that you're the man for the job, but can you explain what it does to the locker room of the youngest team in the NFL when you trade a veteran who's played incredibly well, who's played all the defensive snaps, who's a locker room leader, and you trade him for a draft pick. What does that say to the rest of the team? All right, a couple things. One, you didn't trade him for a draft pick. I want to make this very clear because there, this is the Packers have become masters of spin. Okay, and they have convinced the fan base, for instance, that it's not really their fault that Devontae Adams isn't here anymore. Hey, we offered him more money than the Raiders did before we traded him. Um, the problem was that in the summer of 2021, when he was coming off that enormous 2020 season, you refused to pay him top dollar at the position. And you really ticked him off. And that's how this happened. And he went and played an entire season, which, as you guys know, very few players play in that final year of their contract if they're elite players. And he did, and he broke the franchise record for receptions and receiving yards during that season. And he was like, see ya, wouldn't want to be ya. I don't want to be here anymore. So don't say, oh, yeah, we offered him more money, but he wanted to go to the Raiders. Mm-hmm. It's not the truth. This, they, Goody said it in the press conference yesterday. You know, the, the trade of Rasul Douglas was uh, uh, too good to pass up because we got a third-round pick for him. No, you didn't. Because you traded a fifth-round pick along with Rasul Douglas. So what you really got was about 40 to 50 draft spots moved up from that fifth round pick, which, oh, by the way, your team stinks. So you're going to be at the top in the top 10 of each round and Buffalo at five and three in a very competitive AFC is going to be in the bottom 10 because they're good. So the, the, the amount of movement there is not that great. So that's part of it. Now, in terms of the locker room, I, this is interesting to me because I think that these young guys that are in there, while they are disappointed because I've seen Rasul talking to a lot of young guys, like he really was, this is not just spin either. He really was good with the young players. Like he took that responsibility. Some players want that responsibility when things are going well, and then they don't want it when things are going poorly. Rasul was there, man. Like he left the field after the game on Sunday with Jordan Love, trying to prop him up and talk to him and, you know, support him. I saw him in the locker room on Monday. He was, like, holding a little 
like holding court at his locker with three or four young guys. Like it was legit. I just, I don't know if young guys really understand the league very well at this point. And so maybe they just sort of shrug and go, well, I guess this is what Goody had to do. Uh, the older guys though, they're asking what the hell are we doing now? There's not that many of them left, but like both from a leadership perspective and from the perspective of Jair Alexander's playing with a back injury. You don't know if he's going to be available week to week. Eric Stokes is on injured reserve for at least three more games. And you traded the one corner who plays every week, every down. Mm -hmm. What are you doing? And to spin it as an offer they couldn't refuse is laughable. And I don't know why he chose to do that. I'm not the right guy to be the the goody whisperer because I don't understand it. As a fan, it just looks like they've given up. Well, this year's done. Let's see what we can do for next right. year. Absolutely. Yeah, and 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 look, I, I to be fair to him, I did kind of think that that's what they were going to do. Like, I just didn't think it would it would be Rasul Douglas because my thought process was whether it was Preston Smith, their outside line, better an outside linebacker, uh, Devondre Campbell, their veteran inside linebacker, or Keyshawn Nixon, their return guy and their slot corner. All three of those guys play positions that, yes, they're better with those guys on the team, but there there are young players that are clear cuts ready to step in if they were to trade them. they got a young guy named Isaiah McDuffie who's played while Devondre Campbell's been out and played pretty well. They really like him. Uh, if they w- would have traded Preston Smith, their first-round draft pick, Lucas Van Ness, plays the same position. Makes sense. Uh, if they would have traded Keyshawn Nixon, They've got Jaden Reed, who they think could be a pretty good returner. And then they could allow these young guys that are going to have to play corner now to be the third corner when they do their sub packages. But instead, they traded from a position where they're already thin. So that didn't make sense. And, yes, it does feel that way. And then Goody and I got into this back and forth about tanking and him telling me the teams don't tank. Well, yeah, they don't go out there and purposely lose. But if you trade away veteran experienced players and then you lose as a result, that's what the tanking is. Right. Like, it's not, yeah, we're going to go out there and purposely throw interceptions. No one says that. It's, we're going to strip this team of its most experienced players. The Bears did it last year. We're going to strip this team of its most experienced players so they lose more, so we have higher draft picks. Goody had talked about how he's looking for small victories from Jordan Love for the remainder of the season. Aside from wins, what is small victories for Jordan Love for the rest of the season? Yeah, that, I, I don't know, Marcus. Like, that was that was weird. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just weird. Like, it, it sounded like something that, you know, I would talk about with Sid's 7th grade girls basketball team. You know, like, oh, we really improved um, cause that's what playing sports when you're in grade school and middle school is about. So then you keep improving. This is the NFL, man. This is a big boy league. I, I don't know. Um, I did think it was very telling that when he was asked if it might take until 2024, uh, to know what they have in Jordan, uh, and his response was, I hope not. Mm. Uh, okay. Um, and then he said, you know, that, uh, these next 10 games are very important. Uh, one of the things that I was really intrigued by and that I wanted to try and get answers to was whether he would acknowledge that this whole idea of them all growing together 
has turned out to be a little bit counterproductive because of all the mistakes that are happening around Jordan and preventing you from getting a really good read on Jordan. Uh, look, here's the crazy coincidence to this. So on October 31st, 2008, so 15 years and one day earlier, Aaron Rodgers signed a six-year, $65 million contract extension wow. after playing seven games as the starter. They knew. That was it. Mm-hmm. Boom, done. Uh, he's our guy. And obviously they turned out to be very much right. Uh, 15 years and one day later, you've got the general manager acknowledging that they don't know and that it might take until next year before they know. So, and, and there's part of me that thinks if you don't know, then you probably know. Yeah, good point. No, it totally makes sense. Is there any way, any circumstance by which Goody and or LaFleur lose their jobs after this or during this season? So I would hope because I, you know, I saw something that LaFleur now is now that they fired Josh McDaniels in Vegas, that LaFleur is at the strongest odds. He's the favorite. If you could say that of being the next coach to be fired. Uh, I would hope that if they chose to build the team in the manner in which they did, that Mark Murphy gave those guys assurances. Cause remember, a year ago, they both got contract extensions, uh, which they didn't even want reported, which is another whole weird thing about this operation that I don't understand. But I, you would think that you wouldn't want to give a guy like a five-year contract extension and then fire him after a year of it, right? So that would be weird. But I would hope that if you're going to choose to build the team this way with all these young guys, especially on offense, that, that you've assured Matt LaFleur that, look, man, we know what we, the pickle we've put you in. And we don't want you to worry about your job security this year because we're the ones, you know, Goody's the one who did this to you. But again, I don't know with Mark Murphy having set up the structure the way he has. I don't know. I would just say this, you know, Mark Murphy's got another year and change before he's required to retire. That's right. By 70, right? You have to retire by 70. Okay. Yes. And so I would, you would want to think that at this point, with it not that far away, whoever's going to replace him, because by next year we should have kind of that president who's going to be the next president uh, during the course of the second half, say, of, la- of next season. You would think that Mark Murphy would not want to make a change and he would instead let the next president decide. I would think that these guys are safe, but again, uh, who knows? I mean, I, I, if they lose the rest of their games, which I don't think they're going to, and finish two and fifteen. Uh, I think I, it would be really hard to say. Yeah, everybody should keep their jobs. They all did a great job. Jason, let's switch to happy things. We didn't get a chance to ask you how did you and the family enjoy the Taylor Swift Eras Tour movie? Yeah, not th- th- not a happy thing. No, I don't no, know. So no. great segue. Um, yeah, uh-huh. look, I, 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 Sydney really enjoys her music. She's not like a Swifty where she's like crazy obsessive person. Uh-huh. Uh, Maddie likes her music, but Maddie's definitely more of a pink fan like her mom. Um, I would say this. I understand singing along. I understand dancing in the uh, aisles. But, like, we went to a theater. I did enjoy Greg Marcus dressed as a Swifty sending a message before the, the film, though. That mm-hmm. I got a kick out of. Oh, wow. That's, that's funny. <laughs> 
I took a picture of it on the screen because that's the other thing. Like there are people like taking video of the screen, and like it, it is unlike any movie experience I've ever had. And there was a group of six girls that were like screaming at the at the screen. We love you, Taylor. Oh, boy. And I, and I wanted to say, okay, if you if you yell that at a concert, yeah, yeah, I understand she probably can't hear you, but at least she's there, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? In the theater, she's not here, but yeah. I can hear you, and I would like you to shut up, please. <laughs> so I, I did not, I did not enjoy. I like her music. I would have liked to have heard it without. And also, like, I don't know, like, I don't want to praise Sydney publicly too harshly here or too uh, strongly here. But she's got a good singing voice. She's in the choir. Mm-hmm. She's clearly inherited my incredible musical talent. Yeah. Um, well, after seeing you dance girl. in the aisles and singing along, why wouldn't she pick up on that? Right. And she didn't do that. She just sang along. And these other girls that were singing were more like, it's more like a shouting. Right. And, and again, like, that's not, I did not come here to hear you. So uh, I was very much looking forward to it. I knew how excited everybody was. Uh, we walked out of there, and even Sydney was like, "Man, that was brutal." Really? So, I look forward to it being on video on like Netflix or whatever, so we could just sit and watch it in the comfort of our own home yeah. and, and scream at the screen. TV. We love you, Taylor. Now I feel guilty. I love you, Marcus. I feel so guilty because we went to see Killers of the Flower Moon, and I kept going, "I love you, Bobby De Niro. <laughs> <laughs> I love you." Everyone was you, telling you to shut you, up. You, you, you. And, right. he, and he stopped mid-film and turned to you and said, you talking to me? Yeah, you talking to me? Hey, so Matthew Stafford is nursing a sore thumb. He may or may not. He didn't practice yesterday. He may or may not uh, sit out the game. Yep. If he does play, let's assume he toughs it out and does. What do you think about the Packers' odds this weekend? Yeah, I, I think, like the Rams just got run out of the gym by Mike McCarthy and the and the Cowboys last week, and that's how this league is, right? I mean, a couple of weeks ago we saw the Lions get waxed by Baltimore. Um, the Rams are a better team than I thought they were going to be. They've got this young uh, wide receiver, Puka. Nakua. Uh, Puka. Puka Nakua. They have a Puka is- and a Tutu. <laughs> Tutu <laughs> <laughs> Atwell. Uh, and... and, and they're they're better than I expected. They're kind of going through their own transition where they traded away a bunch of draft picks and stuff to, to go win a Super Bowl and succeeded, and now they're kind of paying the price a little bit. But they, Sean McVay's a good coach, and you know Matt Lafleur's brother is their offensive coordinator now, and uh, I, I I'm a little apprehensive because I would like to see this season. You know, I root for the story. I would like to see this season be a roller coaster, and right now it's just been a flat-out, death-defying drop. Mm-hmm. And I would like to see this take a twist and a turn, and see them win. And and I just I am worried, like we were talking about in the beginning, uh, that perhaps the Rasul Douglas trade will leave these guys not only shorthanded on defense, but also in kind of a downtrodden mental state, and that's not a good combination going into a game against the Rams. All right, Jason, thank you for the insight. We always appreciate it, and we'll talk to you on Monday after the game. I love you, David. (laughs) (laughs) We love you too, man. Thank you. No singing from us, though. You too. Jason Wildey, our Green and Gold Insider co-host, Wildey and Tausch on ESPN Radio, and brought to you this morning by Mr. Holland's 
Home Services. Mr. Holland's Home Services. Give them a call. You know the number by now. 866-992-1717. Mr. Holland's Home Services.com. Jason Wildey, part of the Morning KLH.